The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Uh-oh. So I'm not in Phoenix. Got you that time, didn't I? Yes, I happen to be in the Midwest. You know how it is. This is a global platform, so you can go You can go and listen to our show anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And I can do the show from any place, anywhere in the world. So I am bringing you Rail of Sports from Chicago, Illinois. I'll tell you what, I'm in the Midwest, and guess what matters to me? There is a big game in the Midwest. You know it. The Ohio State University is playing that school up north, and this matters to me. I'll tell you what, it sounds like we got a little fuzz in the background. That's not going to stop me. At school up north, you can't stop us. With The Ohio State University. I think I need to focus a little bit and uh, perhaps maybe uh, get off of that kick because uh, I don't want to be a homer. I'm just going to call it the way I see it. The Ohio State University, of course, will be victorious this week, and they're going to break that record of the 1979 Ohio State Buckeyes that started that year without the man of which we all cherish, one of the greatest football coaches that ever exist, Woody Hayes. And, of course, that was the first year of which Earl Bruce inherited that team. And uh, we finished off that team up north, in their place, went on to the Rose Bowl, and uh, Ronnie Lott and company spoiled our parade. But but that's okay. But that happened in 1979. That will not happen this year. The Buckeyes, of course, will not have a chance to go on and play uh, in any postseason play uh, because of some ill-advised mistakes that they made. They They lived up to it. But it's amazing how a school – got a contract, a new contract, if you will, for $100 million, a marketing contract for $100 million. And we're having some technical difficulties. That's okay. Hang in there with us. Uh, We'll get over those things. But uh, there was a football game last night, I believe. At least one team showed up last night to play. Another team did not. We saw a young man step in as a rookie and let Mr. Campbell know that, hey, (laughs) a young man can play this game, too and can do very well. And, of course, Jason Campbell did not play as well as they hoped he would play in Chicago. So, again, we find out how important the quarterback position is. And that quarterback position for the Chicago Bears is extremely important. Jay Cutler, uh, they, they, you know, Jay just it made it very obvious to people who perhaps maybe did not understand how valuable he is to that team 
Uh, and we know that Jay has, you know, every now and then, and uh, more so than often, uh, he has displayed his uh, lack of, um, you know, his, dealing with his offensive line. Uh, he's not been happy with them. And he, he's certainly been one to, to speak his mind and uh, to even put his hands on somebody earlier in the year. Of course, we all didn't agree with that. You can't do that. I think a young lady did that to a bus driver. We know what happened. I do not condone men putting their hands on women. So I don't condone people putting their hands on each other when they should not. Jay certainly shouldn't have put his hand on his offensive line, but that's okay. They got it together, and I hope and pray that Jay's okay uh, because the Chicago Bears need him. I thought we were going to see an old-time football game last night. I thought it was going to be with, with two, what I thought was two very good running backs last night. Turns out that the Chicago Bears just couldn't make it happen. And so uh, the running game never appeared for them like we hoped that it would. So, uh, But I tell you what, there's somebody else who watched this football game last night. I believe Kevin Brownies was it. Kevin, you on the phone. Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing good, good Kev. Uh, there was a game out your way. I, I think we got a little fuzz here. Uh, if, if we can't cure that problem, we might have some issues, but we're going to do our best to kind of work through this. Uh, you saw the game last night, Kevin. Did, did, did it surprise you? Did, I mean, did you have the 49ers winning that game the way they did last night, or did you expect a different ball game? I expected a different ball game, but what I, what I did see throughout that game was the 49ers, I have to give big props to their coaching staff as well as the players because their coaching staff used that, that backup quarterback and he played the players around him. And playing the players around him on, on that offense had them able to make the scores that they had, which elevated their defense to where that, that front line, they just ran through Chicago line like they would uh, tackle dummies. Well, let me ask you something. I mean, I watched the game last night. I was extremely disappointed. You talk about the Chicago Bears offensive line. The Chicago Bears offensive line. And, again, Jay Cutler's had some problems with his offensive linemen early in the year. He put his hands on one of his offensive linemen because of the fact that they didn't give him the protection that he, he felt that he needed uh, in order to execute the offense and be successful and, and win a football game. Uh, but I tell you, last night, they, they looked pathetic. I mean, uh, a record was broken last night, five and a half sacks by one individual on a Monday night football game. Is the Chicago Bear offensive line that bad? I, they, were, they were pretty awful last night. I mean, I'm, at one point, I'm watching that, that, that same young man that was getting all the sacks. At one point, he was just pushing them down. They, they didn't even look like a, a professional team. Yeah, that, that, you know, and, and I have to tell you, you know, I, I watch the Chicago Bears, and I, I, first of all, I expected to be a ground and pound game from the Bears last night. I, I thought that the running game would be much more effective than it was last night. Um, I, I was uh, hoping that, of course, uh, the special teams game would would contribute something as well. Uh, Chicago just looked extremely flat. So, you know, of course, you go back to the, you know, traveling across country many times. Whenever teams from the from the Midwest or from the East travel west. They just don't perform well, you know, and I don't know if it has anything to do with the time zone or whatever it is, but it just didn't – I didn't see the energy that I expected to see out of the Chicago Bears, uh, particularly on offense, because they knew that their, you know, their leader was not going to be there. Jay Cutler was not going to be there. I just didn't see out of them – they didn't play 
uh, with the passion that I expected to see Chicago Bears play with last night. It was almost as if they, they didn't want to play that game. As if Jay wasn't going to be there, perhaps maybe they thought as if they didn't have a chance to win it. Jason Campbell, you know, you know, he's a veteran quarterback. He had no command of the offense. He couldn't motivate the offensive line at all. Seemed to be, a, you know, a lack of confidence uh, in Jason Campbell in terms of, uh, you know, with the offense, uh, you know, even – uh, the passion that they had for uh, for the game. It's like they didn't feel they could win with Jason Campbell. Yeah, that, and that's true. I no mean, emotion at the all. There was no emotion where, at all, Kev. It was, it was to the point to where uh, it was like Campbell just gave up. You know, it was, I mean, you even seen it in their running game. It was like they was expecting to be hit and be shut down. Yeah, I, I find it um, extremely disappointing, you know, about the Chicago Bears. I mean, uh, for me, the Chicago Bears is a team uh, that I think if they need to run the ball, they can run the ball. If they need to pass the ball, uh, they they can certainly pass the ball. Uh, you know, you know, Brandon Jake, you know, Brandon, of course, uh, Marshall out there at, at the wideout position. You know, uh, he he did all he could do in terms of, uh, you know, caught a touchdown pass. You know, a couple other balls that was you know thrown his way. Um, but certainly it was uh, not the kind of performance that you uh, were hoping to get from, from him because, again, offensive line couldn't do anything. So very few times were they able to get the ball to him in, in a position where he could make a play on the ball. Uh, the defense, I mean, Brian Erlacher and uh, and company, you know, they they did a couple things. They, they never really gave up. I saw them at least all the way to the end of the game. I saw those guys, you know, playing hard. Uh, but I, you know, I just thought the offense was pathetic, and they did not represent Chicago Bear football. I thought they would look forward to the opportunity to run the ball. I certainly thought Double Deuce back there at tailback couldn't wait to get the ball. Thought he was going to get a chance to run the ball so many times, and they just didn't make it happen. Yeah, that's true. So uh, I mean, that's let me tell you what. Besides that, you know, there were, there was a couple other games that I want to talk about, and. Uh, of course, you know, one game in particular I think everybody wants to talk about, and that, of course, is uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, of course, the Ravens played the, uh, the Steelers. And uh, my man, Ed Reed, I mean, wh- what, do you, what do you think about Ed Reed? You, you, get it, you play football the way you're taught to play football. And, and the next thing you know, at least initially, you lose a check that's almost half of what the majority of the people in this country making in half of their lives, $427,000 he, he stood to lose initially. I think the fine is now, my latest report is, is the fine has been reduced to about $50,000. Uh, I think the suspension is still on. Uh, but $425,000 to even initially think about taking that kind of money away from a player. It, was that PR or was was that did the punishment fit the crime? I don't think the punishment fit the crime. Uh, I I believe that. And again, you know, it, it, it wasn't a real crime. Now we're throwing it out there because again, you know that that's the way they put it out there as if he committed a crime. Uh, but 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 go ahead, Kev. But you know, like I said, we talked from day one on the fundamentals of hitting, tackling, and everything else. And unfortunately, it seems like every year they're changing the rules to the game. I understand the rule about helmet to helmet because of concussion issues, but if, if you see his play, it's not intentional. 
Yes, yes. I tell you what, Kevin, I think I hear a little music in the background. What we're going to do, we're going to finish that up on the other side. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm not in Phoenix, but I'm in Chicago now, living like it matters. And we'll be right back after this break. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show, you know the rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm not in Phoenix, I'm in Chicago living like it matters because it matters all over the world that you get a chance to listen to us because that's what you do here at Voice America Sports. I'm back with my good friend, Kevin. And, Kevin, i, I got to tell you this. I appreciate my assistant giving me this information. It appears that Ed Reed is not only uh, well, let's say about $175,000, you know, back into his pocket, but it also appears that the suspension, the suspension of one game has been lifted. And and I'm just glad that that happened because I, of all the hits that I've seen this year, you know, I understand the protection of the player and, and I understand the, the safety of the game, but I've seen a lot more violent hits than this one uh, that occurred the other night, well, uh, uh, Sunday night, if you will, uh, between the Steelers and, and of course, uh, the Ravens. And now Ed Reed is, is back on on track. And we'll get a chance to participate with his team this week. What do you think about the fact that they have uh, lifted uh, the suspension and uh, reduced the fine from four hundred twenty-some nine thousand dollars to fifty thousand dollars? Is that something you think was there fan pressure put on him? Where did, where did that pressure come from? Because we've already seen once this year, 
I think the league, I, I think that there has been so much response. I think social media is doing such a great job in terms of letting Roger Goodell hear what the fans feel about the decisions that he's making. As an example, on that Monday night game where we all knew that that was not a touchdown, <laughs> you know, and he gave it to them, uh, the Seattle Seahawks that night, and, and, and caused, uh, uh, you know, gave them a victory, which they didn't deserve, uh, could have a difference, uh, make a difference in, in some playoff picture down the road. Uh, but now, again, a decision that was made, uh, it's been, it's been, you know, overturned. Uh, and, and all of a sudden now we got a, a, a Hall of Famer playing as opposed to watching a game. Uh, do you think Roger's doing the right thing? Is he listening to people, uh, and fans and players and, um, you know, doing what's best for football? Well, you know, he's not perfect and he is trying to, uh, do the right thing. So that's, I mean, that's good that, uh, they have their, uh, every will be playing. Because, like you say, we've seen way more helmet-to-helmet hits, and people would seem to get away with it. So I'm, I'm glad that he'll be playing. But, you know, as a matter of fact, I, I, I want to say this. I commend the commissioner. Let me just say this. I, I, I commend the commissioner for trying to make it a safer game. But I also think when there is judgment, because there is not a rule, there is not like California, you know, three strikes and you're out. There is not a rule that says if you hit somebody in the head three consecutive times, they called him a repeat offender. That's why I asked you did the punishment fit the crime because they were they were calling this man a repeat offender as if this is some law of which he's, you know, committed a crime, and he's done it three times, so we're going to, you know, find him $425,000. That was not the case. And Ed Reed, I think of all, you know, if there's such a thing as, you know, they call them quiet assassins back in the day. You know, uh, you know, Ed is one of those kind of guys, he'll knock you down, but he'll pick you up. He's not always going to rub it in your face. He's playing the game. He is definitely a gentleman, <laughs> you know, if you will, uh, who's out there just, you know, you know how they say, kicking A and, and taking names. But he's doing his thing, and he's he's playing the game the right way. This is a this is a gentleman who's going to be a Hall of Famer, and so I I think he deserves you know at least some special consideration without compromising the player. And after all, the hit was not that violent. It might have been to the head. I think it was accidental contact, and that's what I want to ask you, Kevin. You know, somebody who's been out on a football field who's played this game. You know, do you not think they should take into consideration sometimes when there's intent and when there's accidental contact to the head? Yeah, they should take that into consideration because uh, a lot. Of, I mean, you can you know when it's potential compared to uh, when it's accidental, and a lot of times the momentum, the speed of the momentum of the game, you know, and you leave your feet. And sometimes when you hit, you know, when you hitting a player or a player hitting you, you know, it's it's not always on purpose. So they they, they need to uh, 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 put that in consideration. And I, you know, and you know, there 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 are so many times where a running back lowers his shoulder, you know, and when a wide receiver lowers his head in order to try to protect himself that the next thing you know, your target could have been X, and it ends up on Z, 
and that Z is head-to-head contact, but all the blame falls on the defensive player. And there are so many times where defensive players are in vulnerable positions, and, and it's legal, but it's physical, and they are on the receiving end of the punishment, but there's no protection. I remember, and I'm in Chicago, so i got to mention, the sweetness would punish you. If you tried to tackle him, sweetness was not sweetness for those of you who are too young to know is Walter Payton, one of the greatest, if not the greatest running back to ever play the game of football in the National Football League. Shout out to you up in heaven. But sweetness wanted to punish you. And he would lower his head. He had that nasty stiff arm, you know, and if he got a chance to, to block, crack back on the block because his running back or somebody else in, in backfield, Matt Millen or somebody like that might have been, uh, I'm sorry, Matt Suey, if you will, might have been running the ball, and he, he would try to take you out. So offensive players, there are times when offensive players certainly are part of the blame when it, when it comes to head-to-head contact by lowering their head, and I'm sure you've seen that before, Kevin. I've seen that numerous times, you know, and like you say, Sweetness was one that would punish you. Earl Campbell would punish you. Bo Jackson would punish you. It was it was a few of our offensive players that would punish you. And they used their, am I right, did they not use their helmet and their head as a weapon to put it into your chest? They sure would because they, they, they got a thrill of trying to run you over. And, I, and, and so I just think that that's some of those things that should be taken in consideration. Now, that, let's, that, let's talk about the dollar amount, the initial, the, the, if you will, the sticker shock. Early on, when this suspension was laid down and the dollar value to it, 420 thousand dollars Now, I know some guys back in my day, you know, four hundred twenty some thousand dollars represented some of the highest paid players in the game. Four hundred twenty something thousand dollars. Should this thing in terms of funds, do you think that this is something that should there should be a maximum in terms of a fine? Because if you're trying to change the game, do you really think that taking money from a player is going to prevent the person from committing, if you will, what you call a crime? Or do you think the fact that a, a game suspension will do that? But certainly I'm trying to get to the point where somebody can justify 425000 Now, in this particular case, and, and here's why I think it's unjustly done, because let's say if I committed this file, and that was a file on me, penalty on me, unsportsmanlike conduct, hit unprotected runner or, or, or receiver, hit him in the head, Suspension, gone for one game. But because I only make, let's say, you know, I make $50,000 a game, you commit the same crime, you make $400,000 a game, we both get suspended, you got suspended for 50, I mean for 425, I got suspended for 50. Is there justification in that? How can you do that? That's not fair. Like you said, it should be one. It should be a certain amount. It should be a fair price if you're going to do that. And, but it's it's not fair to. Uh, it's like you. I commit the same you, penalty. You get if it's holding holding's 15 yards. If it's if it's a legal procedure, it's five yards. So if if if, if I do that, commit that same penalty or infraction that you do, 
and you get suspended, I get suspended, the dollar amount should be the same amount. It shouldn't be based upon the fact that I'm making more money than you are, so I got to pay more of a fine. That's true, you know, because then it looks like favoritism. That's, and, and, and I think that's, that, that's another thing. When I think when it came to the sticker shock, I think that's one thing that made Roger have to reconsider that, too, is because of the fact that there was a person that when you're going to suspend him for one game without pay, that one game equaled $425,000. Uh, that was history. That, that, that was history. Uh, I don't think ever in the history of the National Football League has a player been suspended because of a penalty, an infraction that happened on the football field where that person was indeed fined that amount of money. But I, I certainly am, am glad about the fact that, uh, of course, Ed is going to get a chance to return. But, but if you will, let's move past Ed, and, and let's, but let's stay there. And let's, let's look at the fact that now it looks like Byron Leftwich has been you know, put on injured reserve or, or certainly will not be playing this week because of injury. You and I, Kev, if you weren't on the show with me last week, you certainly probably heard me talk about the fact that I think that the quarterbacks deserve to have more protection, uh, particularly when they're in the pocket, and, and they should at least uh, it, be con- it should be considered that the quarterback be allowed to throw the ball away and not take additional punishment because he's concerned about intentional grounding. Uh, do you think there's some things that can be done to protect the quarterbacks even more? Because, you know, without a quarterback, you, as you can see, a quarterback is, and we know, the most important player on the field. Uh, but it, it's certainly going to affect the quality of the game. Do you think they need to take another step to try to protect the quarterbacks uh, from injury and harm's way? And if so, yeah. what, what would you might su- would you suggest? I think, uh, like you said, with the intentional grounding, they had to take that. They got to take that rule out, you know, because um, sometimes a quarterback is in a situation, like you say, where he needs to be more protected than what it is. Because as we see last night, game number one, as you see with the Philadelphia Eagles line as well, these quarterbacks are getting hit too much, and, and they're constant getting hurt more and more and, and no matter how much fans might want a, another backup quarterback or whoever to come in, whoever's gonna play that position, if he's not being properly protected, he's gonna get hurt. So yeah, they they need to um they should be out you know, they should take away that attentional grounding rule. You know, it, I mean it may sound like it's uh, a favoritism thing where we take take away the attentional ground, you take away attentional grounding when it looks like that player is in the position to get hurt compared to just the quarterback just getting the ball and just potentially just throwing it on the ground. Yeah, I think I, I think anything that you can do to help protect the quarterback because after all, a quarterback, with the exception of this this rule they have about the, you know, unprotected receiver, you know, where he's stretching out for a ball and he's unprotected because he's concentrating on the ball. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I, I know how to get those guys, you know, uh, to how to prevent those guys from stretching out for those balls. You used to take their head off and they wouldn't stretch out for the balls anymore. <laughs> but, but now, you know, because they uh, they do have a referee on their side that's looking out for them, they're protected. 
and I, I expect to see more spectacular catches from wide receivers because they do have the ability to stretch out. But a quarterback who's a sitting duck, who's in the pocket and, and wants to throw the ball away and can't throw the ball away, uh, I don't think that's a good thing. I, I think we certainly need to add uh, some protection uh, to that quarterback. But I tell you what, I think I got some music in my ear. I think I may have to take another break here. Um, why don't we take this break, Kev? We're going to come back on the other side. And I want to ask you, why is it that the offensive line can't block the defensive line? What's changed? What's better? It's got to be an answer. I think Kevin's got it. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm actually in Chicago, <laughs> living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum, or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Alrighty, you're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Chicago, living like it matters. It certainly matters to me that, of course, you've got The Ohio State University about to open up a can on that school up north this weekend. Be sure you watch. I'll be watching, and my goodness, am I so excited about it. But I'll tell you what, I'm excited about the National Football League. I'm excited that, of course, I've been one who has always been an advocate for a safer football game, but I like football. And I want to say this about the National Football League. Listen, you have to be honest with your fans. Let your fans know that you like the violence of the game as much as they do. Don't try to camouflage. You like violence. Violence is a part of this game, but what you don't want is you don't want people to be hurt. 
You want the safety. If the collisions, if the body could absorb the collisions and not do the damage, come on. We're Americans. We love violence. Football is a very violent game. It's their collisions. They're not contact. You have contacts in business. It's a collision sport. So when somebody like Ed Reed, it's the intent and to measure the intent and be honest about it and recognize that this person, the intent was not to hurt that person. That intent was just to make a tackle. And so when you get a chance to get it right, make it right, and do the right thing. So in saying that, I want to do the right thing. And I, I just, defensive linemen, there's many times I used to say this, Back in the day, an offensive lineman, there's a different personality trait in an offensive lineman than there is in a defensive lineman. Offensive linemen are big teddy bears. Defensive linemen are the kind of guys, if you're going to get into a street fight, you want on your team. And I'll tell you what I think is uh, Alden Smith last night is just amazing. But, Kevin, i got to ask you the question. These defensive linemen, where did they come from? I mean, the athleticism of these new defensive linemen in today's football game. Some of these guys could play wide receivers. I mean, they're outstanding. Is it that they're such better athletes than these offensive linemen? Because it's not just the Chicago Bears. There's several teams that are starting to look pretty bad when it comes to the offensive linemen and their ability to protect these quarterbacks. Now, again, Jay Cutler was out of the pocket when it happened to him. But these defensive linemen... I mean, are, are, where do these athletes come from? What are they doing? What positions were they playing when they were younger? Well, you know what? I believe that some of them might have been linebackers, and some of them might have played uh, on the offensive side of the ball, like we see with. But we're at that new wave now to where a lot of your defensive linemen, they're not only uh, tall and big, they're, they're not like the old school. The old school seems like linemen. Seemed like they were kind of no, no more refrigerator really I got to I got to give Fridge his credit where it's due, man. No more fridge Perry out there, huh? Right. You know, it's, it's like now. You know, you got a lot of these uh, linemen. They, you know, uh, they work with these linebackers. They be in the gym. They they do a lot of running, and and so they, you know, they they're in shape. They're in shape, and then to know. Uh, they know the job that they're doing. It just makes them more intensified on that field. Yeah, you got you got guys like Orsi up there. You know, with the Giants. You know, you got you know you got Jared Allen, of course. You know, you know with the Vikings. You know, you you just you got them all over the place. You know, you got uh, Darnell Dockey. You know, with the Arizona Cardinals. You know, you you, you have some defensive linemen. That actually put fear. It's, you know, I remember, you know, back in the day. Of course, we want to give a little shout out to, uh, of course, Lawrence Taylor, who changed the game. You know, Lawrence uh, actually changed the game. Uh, after Lawrence changed the game, you know, Reggie White changed the game again. You know, at, at the position, and it, it, the game just continues to evolve. In different positions, every now and then, we start seeing positions that are highlighted. Uh, in a way of what you, you haven't seen before. A couple of years, it was the, the monster wide receivers, you know, again, linebackers at wide receiver. But uh, it, it appears that the game is changing again. And I think the passing game, without a doubt about it, uh, I think the offensive line, and I want to go on record saying this, the offensive line is now going to have to make some changes in the prototype of terms of what type of offensive lineman you now look at. You're going to need a more athletic 
offensive linemen to one protect your quarterback, uh, and then the two, you know, to be able to uh, sustain himself for long term in terms of being able to compete against the guys on the other side of the uh, of the ball because uh, the, these are, are are very athletic, very agile. Uh, defensive linemen that are coming at you, and if you don't, you know, perform as such that you're protecting your quarterback, uh, you want to find yourself out of the game. So that big teddy bear may not be what we're looking for in the future. It's changed a lot since then. And uh, and so let let's just move on, Kev, because there was, uh, you know, I had one particular question that that I wanted to ask you. And I just could, I, I really couldn't wait until you, you, you joined me on the show, and I want to thank you again for joining me on the show because I always get a chance to ask you something of which, uh, you know, I find it hard to believe uh, that I didn't have the answer for it, but you had it and you were waiting for me to ask you. And I'll tell you this, Tony Romo and the Cleveland, I'm sorry, Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys at home playing against the Cleveland Browns I mean, it was it, it was there for the taking for the Cleveland Browns. They couldn't get it done. Tony Romo gets it done. Tony looks like the hero. Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys. Are they going to make it into the playoffs? Uh, that, that, that's hard to say uh, because you don't know. Well, you look, if you look at the NFC East, you got Dallas and you got the Giants. You know, and and then who else do you have? You know, the Eagles no, the Redskins no. You know, so you know, so it's there for for Dallas to take it if they want it. And then, and then I'm gonna tell you something. The uh, what the, the Browns watching that game, the Browns and, and, and Dallas. Personally, I believe it was the bad calls in the end of the game lost it for the Browns. Because as we was talking about helmet to helmet hits, if everybody seen that play when it was third down and Romo threw that pass to that receiver, and them DBs hit that receiver, and it was never helmet to helmet. They hit the shoulder pass, and but yet they called the personal foul to get them that first down. That that got them in a situation to tie the game because the Browns had that game won. Well, I agree with you, Kev. But here's what's happening. You, you got to understand that Rogers putting a lot of pressure on these referees, and you know we all know there's a lot of lawsuits that are going on. There's a lot of bad PR that's going on, and and there's there's some concern in terms of you know there is some sincere concern about the safety of players. So the referees have been put on notice. Listen, if it's borderline, call it. Don't worry about it. Call it. Call it because we're trying to make it safer. And if it's borderline and you call it, there's a chance that the next time they won't do it. They won't. They won't be close. They'll just make a tackle instead of a hit. And so we're, we're moving to a game that's going to consist more of tackles than hits. And 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 therefore the referees are are trying to follow suit and follow orders according to Roger Goodell. But I but I agree with you. The referees had some. Uh, you know, they had some input on the outcome of that game. But certainly the Dallas Cowboys should not have – now, the Cle- i got to give the Cleveland Browns some credit. The Cleveland Browns are a couple players away from being a good football team. And remember I said that. The Cleveland Browns are a couple players away from being a good football team. 
And it's because they're only a couple players away from being a good football team that they weren't able to close that game out. Because, in my mind, the Dallas Cowboys don't know how to close a game out against a good football team. If the Cleveland Browns were a good football team, the Dallas Cowboys don't win that football game. What do you think, Kevin? I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you. And like I say, it's just a couple of players from being a, 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 a real good football team. And and I give it within the next year or two. I will within the next couple of years. That's going to be a team that uh, a lot of people are going to be scared to go see. All right, speaking of a team that uh, people are scared of, let's talk a little bit about the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick is not scared to run the score up on you. You come to Bill's house, expect the score to get run up. Now, there's been some question because of the Philadelphia Eagles, they left Shady in the game. They felt like the game was over. The fans thought the game was over. Shady gets a concussion. What's it going to affect him long term? Could be an issue, may not be an issue. Belichick believes that you don't take pro football players out of the game. You keep them in the game. Is there such a thing as a, a professional courtesy or mercy rule in pro football? Should Bill Belichick call the Wolves off in a pro football game? No, they don't. Uh, no, I, I gotta say no because they don't. They don't uh, look at it as a courtesy or mercy thing when they give them that checks that, that Monday. <laughs> they didn't pay checks, so no, it's the professionals. Well, you know, you, and I agree with you, and part of that check is, you know, football players have incentives in their contracts, and so they got to score. They get, they get paid for scoring touchdowns. They get paid for receptions. They get paid for rushing yards. They get paid to be leaders in certain categories. So it could be conceived by a player that if you pull me out, you mess up with my money. That's true. But so 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 I understand, if you will, I do understand where Bill's coming from. But at the professional level, I'll tell you what, I may not agree with him totally because I might be on the fans. If, if I got Tom Brady in the game and, you know, we got 50 points on the board and, and Indianapolis has, you know, 17 or, or 14, whatever they had, or 24, whatever they had, and and we got 50, and you got Tom Brady in the game, and Tom Brady gets hurt. You got a question to answer, Bill Belichick. That's true. Now I would say that I would I would go as far as saying you you don't Tom Brady should not have been in that game for as long as he was in that game. So let's let's move on and let's look at Peyton Manning. Can't slow Peyton down. Can't slow Peyton down. Now I said last week that of course ain't no doubt in my mind Adrian Peterson. But I also want to say it this way. I think perhaps maybe if there's a chance to give a, a co-award to the Comeback Player of the Year, it should be given to both those two. But let me ask you, has Peyton Manning reached back to the point where you talk about the top quarterbacks in the league? We know you're going to have Aaron Rodgers there. We know we're going to have Tom Brady there. Is Peyton back in that conversation as the top quarterback in the league? The way his game has been, you got you got to you got to put him in there. You got to put him in there because it, it shows it, he shows that he's a winner and he elevates his teammates to another level. Peyton is making stars out of no name players. That's what I like right there. Say that again, Kevin, because that's what I like. Because see, that's what Tim Tebow, in my mind. 
Tim Tebow is not able to do. And I only bring that up because, of course, Tom has gone there. I'm sorry, Peyton has gone there and taken over for Tim Tebow. And he has made the entire team around him better, better than they were. I, I think and that's what a great leader does. That's what a great coach does. A, a coach is a motivator that's able to push his players in such a way they perform better than they believe they can. And I certainly feel the same way about a quarterback. I think he certainly gets the best out of his teammates. So he's, I, he's done a good job with that. I agree with you. They should have a, a co-combat player of the year. I mean, they had it with Peyton and, and, and uh, uh, when he was co-MVP one year. Oh, uh, man, we got the movie there. You said it. They did it at co-MVP. They should do it at co-comeback. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Chicago living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at youbet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I am getting an early start, if you will, on this. Thanksgiving holiday. I'm so thankful for so many things. Thank God that I'm still here on this earth. I'm healthy, clear mind, clear body, clear soul, trying to work on it all. And uh, so happy for all my friends, which every, wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. I uh, want those Ohio State Buckeyes to take care of that team up north. I'm sure they will. Appreciate the fact that I got my good friend Kev on the phone with me. And Kevin, as we look at this Thanksgiving coming up, uh, you got Houston Texans playing the Detroit Lions. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good football game to me. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. 
I think Sue. I think Sue just like you know. Listen, Sue likes to. He likes the prime time show. He, he wants. He wants everybody to be looking at him. And and, and the, the Texans. Wow. I mean, the Texans. They could do something. We we never know. We don't know what we can really expect out of Texans when it comes down to performing. When it counts, you know, you got a playoff stretch opportunity. Can you really get over that hump? This is it, it, both of these teams. They got a chance. Hey, if you're going to do it, if if you got a chance to do it, let's see what you can do to make it happen. I don't know. That's a good one, man. Who are you going to take on that, Houston or Detroit? Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna go with Houston only because they're gonna figure out a way to pull it off in the end. Well, that's that, that, again. Well, well, we're gonna talk about a team that I always said I'm not sure if they know how to pull it on the end with the man they got at the helm. I think somebody gave him the game last week, and that's the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys got the Washington Redskins, and I just don't know Tony Romo, RG3. Um, I think RG3 would like to be able to, you know, hey. The Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving Day. I think RG three likes that. He likes the prime time too. And I'm gonna go with RG three and the Redskins with that one because I don't know what Dallas team is gonna show up. Well, I, I tell you, with the game that everybody's gonna be looking for after you ate all your Thanksgiving turkey, you're sitting down, relaxing. Got one more game to close it out: the New England Patriots and the Jets. Now, listen. I just don't care what time of the year it is, what get, you know, what's online, what's at stake. I just think that Rex Ryan likes playing against Bill Belichick because of the fact I think he thinks he can just build a reputation off of Bill Belichick. I think he has that much respect for Bill Belichick. Of course, you know, Buddy Buddy Ryan, his dad, you know, has some respect for Bill Belichick. You know, Buddy probably feels that, hey, you know, hey, man, there's some coaches that he's probably told his son, listen, when you play in Bill Belichick, you got to bring your A game. And if you bring your A game and you beat Bill Belichick, you get some respect. So I think any time the Jets are playing the Patriots and Rex Ryan is in charge, I think Rex is looking for some respect when he plays the New England Patriots. And, you know, Tom Brady, you know, Tom's kind of cocky now, you know, and so I think, you know, Rex is going to send a house after Tom Brady. The New England Patriots, New York Jets, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots on that. Jets oh, I think, oh well, hold on. Did, did you say you're going to go with who? I thought you said the, the, the New England Jets. Did you say the New England Jets? No, I said I'm going to go with New England Patriots. All right, Kev. I just wanted to get you on that one, man, because I I, I thought you were going to pick the Jets on that. I really did. No, because the Jets don't have enough firepower. I mean, voice-wise, like you say, Rex Ryan, he can talk a good match. You can talk a game, but you got to get out there and perform. Let me ask you something. Do you think, you know, of course, you know, they got a nice little win this, this, this past week, and the Jets, they're happy. Tom Brady got a great win. Do you think Rex will throw Tim Tebow into the mix this week? He's gonna he's gonna throw him into the mix, but he's 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 gonna do like he's been doing all season, probably playing him a play here and a play there. But I don't think he's gonna put him up under that ball like he put Sanchez. I I do believe that uh, if, I think the Jets would have had a better season if he would have utilized both Sanchez and Tebow. Oh well, you know it, it. You know it, it's the National Football League. I think you got to pick a starter. You know San Francisco after winning last night. I think 
I think what, what your coach out there did, uh, you know, come on, I think he was just trying to create a little controversy and not let people know who he's going to go with, you know, when both his court, they both hot, as he said, you know, just to make people think about it. But I think you got to pick a quarterback and you got to go with him. So let's move on. Well, see, I'll tell you what. In Frisco, in San Francisco, Alex Smith is still a man. Like you said, I just hyping the fans up to make it look like it would be a quarterback controversy. That's why I give the 49ers coaching staff a lot of props because they was able to use that quarterback there to use his weapons and use the team around him. He did what Pete Carroll used to do with SC when, uh, when Pete Carroll had quarterbacks that didn't have strong arms. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, no doubt about it, it was great PR. I think it's good for the league. It's good to, you know, but listen, you got to be confident. If somebody, whenever you get in the game, if you get in the game, do what you're supposed to do. Just play ball. Let's look at Green Bay and the Giants. Now, I'm going to say this now. I, at this time, we got to give Aaron Rodgers his props. I think Aaron Rodgers right now is the hottest quarterback in the National Football League. Aaron is hot. I think Eli, again, it's about respect. Eli just, again, can't seem to get the respect that I think he deserves. Eli just went out and beat the forty beat the forty niners up a couple weeks ago. Now all of a sudden, you know, he's he looks bad, people giving up on him. He's still the reigning Super Bowl champ. Green Bay Packers, New York Giants, who you got? I'm going with the Giants. Aaron Rodgers is hot, but with Clay Matthews out and Eli might have had one or two bad games, he's gonna bounce back and beat the uh Beat the uh, uh, Packers. Okay, I tell you what, I one more game. A good game going to be the San Francisco Forty Nines and the New Orleans Saints. Who you got there? Ooh, that's going to be a good one. I I might have to ride with the Saints on that one because they on the road. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like the Forty Nineers in that one. Listen, Philadelphia Eagles going to play the Carl Carolina uh, Panthers on that Monday night. Man, I got to be at home. I'm going to take the Eagles. You heard that music. That means the show is about to end. I thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm not in Phoenix, but I'm in Chicago living like it matters. The Ohio State University will beat that team up north. And, of course, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.